Is there connection today? Just curious because I forgot to check. Okay. There's connection after service today for step three in connection class up in the balcony. We'll feed you a, a snack and watch your kids if you have kids. And we'll go from there. So how's everybody doing today? Awesome. It's good to have you here at TLC. You need to come to Harvest Party. Bring some friends. Do, you know, just have fun. Bring a, you know, like a camp chair or something. If you'd like to sit around the fire and there's, there's a campfire there, we'll have that as well. I think there's a hay maze in the barn for kids and um, uh, there's just all kinds of stuff. There'll be chili. Like he said, his name's Bob. Somebody will probably make chili and name it Larry. Reference to Veggie Tales, showing my age. So if you, some of you got Veggie Tales. So anyway, uh, it's good to have you here at TLC. We're glad uh, to be here as well. Uh, well, let's welcome our on, online groups. Good to have you guys with us. God bless you. We've been talking about living free. We've been talking about that God's best for us is to live free. We've talked about fear. We've talked about worry. Next week, we're going to talk more about stress. Today, I'm going to tell you, uh, give you five practical ways that you can cast your care. Um, because you know, in church, we, we find a lot of things. We find, you know, people kind of talk, uh, I guess they would say Christianese. They, they say more churchy words, so to speak, and if you don't know church, you're kind of like, eh, I don't know if I like that, or I don't even know what that means, but, um, you know, cast your care. You know, what, what the heck is cast your care? It's just, we're going to show you how you don't have to worry, okay? We're going to show you how you don't have to take all this stuff on you, and uh, so we want to be able to do that in such a way, because I, I want you to be able to live life on purpose and live it to the fullest, and uh, so some of this is, they kind of overlap. Some of these just, they're talking about some of the same things, which is good. You know, the best way of learning is repetition. So if you hear something, you've heard it before, it doesn't mean it's old news. It just means we're just trying to get it inside us. So uh, today we're actually going to have a cast party. That's what we're doing this morning. We're going to learn how to cast our care on the Lord. Cast. Yeah. Yeah, and so those of you that are watching online, you can laugh real hard for me because they're not laughing right now here. Anyway, uh, so have you ever had this thought, what am I going to do, and I can't take it anymore? It's just, there's so much, and it, I just feel like the room's getting closed, and I mean, everything's closing in. Have you ever had that thought? You know, maybe it's your finances, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's your job, maybe it's your health. The doctors told you something you didn't want to hear, but the pressure mounts, and you're your problem-solving mode kicks in. Our natural self wants to solve the problem. How do we... You have a survival instinct, whether you want to admit it or not. There's something inside that says, you know, I want to live and I want to figure this thing out. Sometimes we'll lay there at night and contemplate, how do we do this? And if there is a solution and we can't get any sleep, and I mean, we're, our thoughts are just pounding us. The giant is so big. Concern moves to worry. Worry morphs into fear and... Before you know it, we're almost tormented by that giant that seems to taunt us of our waking moments and almost go to sleep and wake up with that same thing. I know I'm not talking to myself, but as a believer, the Lord is not wanting you to live that way. That's not how you were meant to live. God has a plan. He has a purpose for you, and it is to be in perfect peace and ultimately find the deliverance from all of the stuff that comes on you. That's easier to say than to do. Come on. Sometimes because it's just, it is tough. Uh, but God is against worry. I just want you to know, we've talked about it before. Worry is sin. He's against it. 
It doesn't produce anything but stress, strain, and, and it, it actually there's studies that say if you spend a lot of time worrying and fretting, it affects your health. Jesus preached against it. Paul preached against it. The whole Bible is against it. And here's why. The enemy created it. This is Satan's design. He sends it from his own company, UPS. Unauthorized pressure service. He sends that to you just to get you off track, to get you messed up. Don't sign for the package. Return it to sender. When it comes to the door, we got to figure out how we don't have to sign for the stuff the enemy gets us. So let's look at these scriptures real quick. I'm just going to say them and we'll move on. Don't be anxious about anything, Philippians 4, 6. Don't let your hearts be troubled, John 14, 1. Don't worry, Matthew 6, 31. And that's just the beginning. And still we act like it's an option. Well, you know, and life has given us... You know, the very option God has given you a choice. You, you have the free will to choose. But we act like, oh, well, you know. But God is saying, we, I don't want you to worry. Because, again, worry is a sin. It's one of those things the word of God directly commands us not to do. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath or a single care. But it is a challenge if you live in the world today. And I assume you are because you're living and breathing right now. Casting your care on God is an act of faith. It's not so easy at first, but it is necessary if we want to live in victory. If we want to win, it is necessary to figure this out. My feelings are still about this situation or this situation, and they still are over top of it. I still feel this way. This isn't about your feelings. You need to understand this is about your faith. Feelings are followers. They will follow as you lead the way. I want today to be the last day that you could ever care or worry. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, we don't even have, you'd leave this place and you'd be like, oh, I'm not worried anymore. Now, again, preaching to myself, I said that first service, throughout the whole service, I'm, I'm talking to me just as much as I'm talking to you. But wouldn't it be great if we didn't have to worry? If we make a decision right now that whatever it takes, we'll cast our care. Whatever it takes, every care to the Lord into his hands. So high five your neighbor and say, let's do this. I'm going to give you five ways this morning that you can uh, stop and, and get these cares off you. So here's the first one. Stop worried thoughts before they start. We're at 180 Thursday night, and John Schmidt uh, was teaching, and he brought um, a, uh, a four-part series. We haven't seen all the parts yet from Stephen Furtick called Silence the Chatterbox. And so I, I, would, you know, I told him, I said, you ought to do a small group with that or a life group with that. That was pretty awesome. But that's what, we all have heard the chatterbox here. We all have heard, the enemy talks to every one of us. I mean, whether, especially sometimes when the day's not busy and you're at night and whatever, or when you're by yourself, he's always done it. People, I don't, want, I don't want the enemy, I want him to never talk to me. Can I just say, if Jesus had to deal with the chatterbox, did he not? Did the enemy not go to Jesus and mess with the Son of God? If he went to Jesus, he's going to come to you. So you're going to have to deal with the chatter. The white noise, the stuff that's not of God. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Between your ears is where the battlefield is. That's where worry or fear or peace or faith can reside. Whatever you allow to captivate your mind, you will rule your life. You go where you focus. 
You follow where you focus. Whatever you allow to captivate your mind will rule your life. If you want the word of God to reign over your thoughts, you have to resist the devil when he tries to plan anything contrary into your mind. When he tries to plant those thoughts. Or, and I have people that will tell me, I, I, I must be bad. I have these thoughts. Can I tell you again, if he messed with Jesus, he'll mess with you. He's going to put thoughts there. It's what you do with them after he puts them there. That's how it begins. Let me just encourage you. When you get up in the morning, don't get on social media. Don't let that be the first thing that you go to on your phone. Oh, let's see what's on Facebook. There's a lot of stuff that will not feed your spirit or feed your inner self. It's just so, you know, spend some time with the Lord. Get that word inside you. Because you have a choice. Turn to your neighbor and say, I make the choice. You can decide where you're going to go that day. You can plan your day or your day will plan you. You can also plan your life or your life will plan you. If you just take everything as it comes to you, then your life will plan you. Are you going to begin to worry or are you going to stand firm and you're going to say this to the devil? You need to split. You need to hasta la vista, baby. You need to see you later. Bye-bye. Bye, Felicia. Click your fingers. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back. That's what you need to tell the enemy. I'm not going to listen to that this morning. It means to stop him in his tracks. Keep him. Don't let him be free to roam in your mind. If it's captive, if you take the thought captive, it's caught. It can't move about and roam and grow. It's stuck. It stays put until you send it where to go. You have the authority to do that. So when you first started, it kind of seems kind of big. It seems like I'm doing it every other minute, Brett. You don't even understand. I get it. There may be something that you've dealt with and dealt with and dealt with or really haven't dealt with, and that's why it's such a big worry. Deal with it and then just keep doing it, and pretty soon it can't keep coming. Sometimes I'd have an anxious thought pop in my mind. I'd rebuke it. A few minutes later, same thing. I'd find myself having another worried thought, and I'd take it captive. And then I would say out loud, no, I refuse to take care of that. Jesus, in accordance with your word, I roll that care onto you because I know you care for me. It's not always easy. It isn't. But the good news is he's greater than any problem you have. Be diligent to fight the battle against care and worry, and you use your mouth. I have people that will say this, well, the Lord knows my thoughts. Sure he does, but the enemy doesn't because the enemy is not omniscient. And you know how you fight the enemy in the spirit realm. They don't go by thoughts. They go by words, what you speak, authority you take, dominion you take by action. That's how the enemy knows if he's getting you, by the way you respond, by your physical action or by what you say. That's why Jesus said you say to the mountain. This isn't bewitched. We don't do that. We have authority because Christ in us. Here's our action step. Once you've taken the thought captive, you pray in the spirit. We talked about that last week. You pray in the spirit. You'll find it impossible to worry when your spirit is connected with God's. When you connect with the spirit of God, you can't worry because you're connected with God. And you need to understand, God won't allow worry. When God's presence there, worries not. Here's our second thought this morning. 
So how do we do that? We're going to replace the worry with the word. Joshua 1.8. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate it on it day and night, and so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So you got to replace the worry with the word. If you're going to pull weeds, you need to plant flowers. You see, I'm just saying, PK and I, we don't have all this. Down. I mean, we're working through this just like you'd be working through it. But if you're going to pull weeds, you need to plant flowers. Many people, they want God to supernaturally remove their worry. But that's not the way to get the peace of God. And remember what I just said a couple minutes ago. We don't think it. I mean, it's great to have great thoughts, and I get that. But if you're going to do battle with the enemy, you're going to have to use words. Not yours. His. By the authority he's given you. So you're going to have to start saying, God, now think about this. Think about Peter and Jesus. And remember when they had to pay taxes? Jesus said, you go down, you go fishing. Let me just ask you this real quick, and we'll do this in another study so we won't just jump off. I won't go clear around the barn, but I want you to go fishing. What did Peter know how to do? First fish you catch, you're going to find a gold coin in his mouth. I want you to get that, pay the taxes for me and you. So Jesus told him what to do. Did Jesus go get the coin? No. He told Peter to go get the coin. God's going to do the same thing for you. He's, not going to go, he's going to tell you, you want to get rid of this? Here's how you do it. Do it. He's going to tell you to do it. Because, again, we're talking about authority and dominion. You have a choice. Peace comes by acting on the word. It says, cast all my care and worry, anxiety over to him. Replace those thoughts with the word. We've been given authority. So if we pull weeds, we plant flowers, you must do it. If you're going to do it, if you want to worry about it, help yourself. There's plenty more. Go ahead. I can't stop you. And God won't stop you. You have a choice. So you have to take him at his word and then pull the weed and go, no, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to replace this with the word. Philippians 4.8 says, say says to think on whatever things are true, honest, pure, just, lovely, of good report. If there are any virtue, if there are any praise, think on these things. You have the authority. You're the one that controls your mind. But the good news is you're not without help. The word says, I, I love this scripture. I came across it doing this, and I, I'm like, oh, man, this is so good. Philippians 4, 7, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand his peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live. Here it is, in Christ Jesus. Your version could say the peace of God will garrison and mount guard over your heart and mind. That sounds pretty cool just to say that. But it's like he's going to help you. If you give him the choice, you're not without help. Because you have weapons, but you have to have the willingness to pick them up and use them. The greater one who dwells within you is able to help you. And his word. So every situation, be armed and ready with the response from God's word. Now remember, I said in the beginning, if the enemy is going to come and mess with Jesus, Jesus answered every time, it is written. The word always has an answer to any situation or problem. Now again, preaching to myself. The more time you spend meditating on his word, the quicker you'll be in response to the enemy. So Jesus was just real quick. He didn't sit there and say, let's have a discussion. 
he just is writing up. I'm not doing that. Here's what the word says. That's what I'm doing. No matter how much or what the enemy says, he fired back. It is written. Here's what God says. And that's what we need to do. Repeat this prayer after me. This is just a prayer, and, um, but it, it means a lot. You'll see it here in a second. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment is condemned. Fear has no dominion over me because the greater one lives in me. He has given me the victory in every area of my life. The Lord is on my side, so I will not fear. What can man do to me? Nothing, because the greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. The peace of God that passes all understanding guards my heart and my mind through Christ Jesus. Spirit of fear, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I cast you out of my mind. I cast you off of my body. I have no more fear. God loves me as much as he loves Jesus. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Spirit of God. And perfected love casts out all fear. Fear and every bondage, you get out. Leave me now in the name of Jesus. You'll not come near my dwelling. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. Praise God. You can't combat thoughts with thoughts. You combat thoughts with words. That's how you do it. Well, if you thought this, I'm going to think something better. That's good, but it doesn't work in winning the battle. I'm going to give you a test. Silently start counting from 1 to 10. And when I tell you, say your name out loud. Go. Now. What happens? You can't keep counting because you have to say and hear what you said. That principle right there, as silly as that seems, like, Brett, that's just so simple. It is simple, but that's what I'm telling you. If we will combat with words, the word, then we can be armed and ready for the thoughts that the enemy comes and tries to do. Speak the word out loud. It'll work every time. Here's our third thought for this morning. Get rid of pride, false humility. We talked about that last week, but we're going to just review a little bit. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. Humble yourself under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. So it's going to take humility to cast your care on God. In other words, you have to realize you can't make this thing all fixed. It's just not... Men and women are different. Men are fix-its usually, for the most part. Sometimes we always try to fix it. So I used to cut Kim off all the time because I would just, okay, I'd start hearing it. and I, Let me show you how to fix that. She didn't want to know how to fix it yet. She just wanted to get it out. 
Sometimes I'm stubborn. Sometimes, not very often. I'm working on it. But what is humility? We can't do this without God. We must understand that the greater one in us, that's what we operate on. And see, in, in, in the world, in the church world or whatever, people will be like, well, I'll tell you why you didn't get here. You didn't come ha- and you didn't get hands laid on you. Because it says, if they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. I get that. That is in the scripture. And so people say, yep, that's in the word. That is. But we need to understand the reason isn't because they didn't let, the reason is because it's in the word. Because the word says, if they lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. It's not the act of the, come on. It's not the act of, it's because the word is truth. And because if the word says that, the fact that they're doing what the word says brings the result. That's what that's about. So if we say, Jesus says, if you cast your care, you need to cast it on me. Then we have to take him for his word. Because the greater one that lives in us is telling us, you're not built to carry that. And that's why it's affecting you mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. Because you're not made that way. You are made to win. You're made to prosper. You're made to have life and have it to the full. So we need, you know, if we, if we now, and pride can be the other end where we'll, we'll almost take it as not, where some people are like, I'm all that in a bag of chips. No, you ain't. You ain't nothing without Jesus. But there's people on the other end that it's almost like no matter what the situation is, they want to draw attention on them because of how bad they have it. Or, oh, poor, pitiful me, gloom, despair, agony on me. Oh, That's a form of pride because they just want help for everybody to look at them. Don't forget about me. This has never been about us. I mean, in God's eyes, it was about us. He so loved the world that he sent his son. But salvation is far more than just getting saved eternally. Everybody in here gets to live eternally. Heaven or hell, you get to choose. Smoking or non-smoking. But you get to live forever no matter what. Everybody where you work, everybody at school, everybody lives forever. But salvation isn't just the gift to get out of hell pass. Salvation is everything else. Salvation is living the life God wants you to live. Good, peaceful, happy. Being a light, having fruit, so people around you are going, what in the world? Humbling yourself under the mighty hand of the word of God. Putting God first place, rather than what you think about your situation. Most of us sometimes at one time or another, we're like, okay, here's what I believe. Let me see if I can find a scripture that matches what I believe. What if we just believed what the scripture said? What if we just said, no matter what? Has God ever said anything and you're like, I don't like that. But that's what it says. So that's what we have to believe. We have to line up with the word. Remember this. If you think you can solve your own problems, that's false humility. That's pride. I don't need God. Remember, that's what got the enemy kicked out of heaven in the first place. There's five of those there if you read the scripture. But when you carry the care and you work then God rests. Because you've, choos- you've chosen. I'm, I'm going to take this, God. You, you don't need- How about Abraham? Oh, I'm supposed to have a kid? Well, let me help you out, God. When we work, he rests. But if we understand the word and know that we are not built to carry that, we give that to him, then he works and we rest. It's a much better case. Because he can handle all that. 
He's, he's made for that. That's what he, he, he can take all your care. That's why it doesn't say 75%, every other care, just your finances, uh, this and that. No, he says, just give it all to me. I got it. And we make the choice to give that to him. And when we do, then we become free from caring about that. When you carry the care and you work, he rests. When he works, you can rest. Humble yourself before him. He has more wisdom and power in your situation and can tell you the answer. He can tell you where the gold coin is. He can tell you what to do. Trust him and his every command. Anything less than that is really pride. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7, he doesn't say to cast 75. And again, he's saying get it all. All right, where are you at, Devin? We're going to do this again. Okay. Now, this is what happens. Let's, I'm making up a story here. Well, let's say this morning I had some stuff to unload. Good man, stop. Good, good stock, good steed, good lad, goodbye. Now, anyway, so I, I pulled my car up, let's say. I pulled it up to the front, backed it up to the front door, unloaded my stuff, forgot to move my car. It's getting church time, and people are coming up, and, and they're, you know. And so in the midst of that, I ran in to get stuff done, and I... I did that. I said, Devin, you take care of that, will you? And, uh, and so people are coming up. Pastor, you got to move your car. We can't get in. There's guests that want to get in. Blah, 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 blah. And this, what can I say? I, I don't have my keys. I can't move my car. I, you better go see Devin. Devin will move my car for me. Because I, I cast that to him. Didn't think I'd catch it, did you? I'm going to catch a fox and cut his tail off. Yeah. But that's how that works. I mean, as easy as that illustration is, if I just give it to him, I don't have to deal with that. So when the enemy comes back with his, the pressure service he has, the UPS, you don't have to answer for the package. Don't even talk to me about it. I don't have that anymore. I gave that away. I gave that to Christ. Jesus has that. Go talk to him. The devil doesn't want to talk to him. So you take care of those things. Put action with that. If you start doing that simple illustration, even as simple as that was, right there, changes are going to start to take place in your life. Some stuff you've been fretting about over for years, you're going to, but Brad, i got to cast it every other minute. That's okay. Pretty soon you won't. But in the beginning, you might have to cast it every minute, every two minutes, every, I don't know. However many times, be Mickey Mantle, cast that puppy. I mean, if you got to throw that out there all the time, not doing that, nope, talk to the hand, nope, I'm Diana Ross, there you go, not going to, no, mm-mm, not going to do any of that. I'm giving that to Christ. Go talk to him. Not talking about that anymore. He's dealing with that. Whatever he says, I'm with. So every morning when you wake up, make this confession of faith. I, I sent this to PK the other day because I found it, liked it, and I, I started confessing it every day. And she, you know, she was like, ah, that's great. I'm going to start using that. This is what it says. I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. The word works in me right now. I humble myself under the mighty hand of God. I cast all my cares over on him. From this moment forward, I refuse to worry. Instead, I will pray. I'll use my faith and believe, and he'll exalt me over the problem and over the devil. For I belong to Jesus, and he cares for me. Takes you about 10 seconds. Just saying that. Again, think about what we've already talked about. You cannot beat thoughts with thoughts. You're going to beat thoughts with words. You might as well use the word. 
His word doesn't come back void. You might as well pray things that you know that will, I'm casting my care. I don't have to. I can't answer for my car. I gave the keys to Devin. Go talk to him. I can't move it. You can yell. You can scream. You can cry. I got no keys to hold me down. I got no keys on me. All right. Don't get me wound up. Here's number four. Wear all your armor, Ephesians 6, 10, and 11. The final word, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all, the, all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand uh, firm against all the strategies of the devil. So you have to have the whole armor of God. You need whatever God's got. If he's given you equipment, you might as well wear it. There's no sense taking a, a, a knife to a gunfight. You know what I'm saying? Let's, let's go. Let's do this. You want to do this? Then let's do it God's way. 1 Thessalonians 5.8 says, But let us who live in the light, listen to that, that would be us, be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith, love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. Now think about where the helmet of salvation sits. It sits over your thinker, over your head, over your brain. Some of it might even cover your ears. And, and it, it helps you with clarity of thought because you're going, again, by the armor, you're using the word of God. You're grabbing the information. If you know, I'm going to Jesus, I'm casting that to him. He's the one that says, Peter, remember when he called Peter out on the boat? Yeah, yeah. Hold on. When he called Peter out from the boat onto the water, Peter walked on the water. Why? Because he knew who was calling him. Do we have the handheld just so that would be great? <laughs> so Peter knew what was going on because he knew who called him. So we can do those same kind of things. We can wear that armor. I have people that have come up to us over the years and said, you know what? I'm, I'm having trouble sleeping at night and so are my kids or whatever blah 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 especially this time of year why well i don't know what are you watching well well we've kind of tried to watch all those halloween shows in in sequence you know or whatever friday though 13th how many you know whatever duh don't let that stuff in your house of course you're going to have fear and stuff that's just the beginning. So just don't. Ask God, how do I fight those kind of things? Then you have to, if I'm putting on the helmet, I'm going to watch what I'm watching. I'm going to watch what I'm listening to. It protects our thoughts from the lies of the enemy. When you have a fearful thought, respond, I don't believe that. And I'm just going to be honest. I mean, I'm just saying, we're working through this. You know, PK and I, I'm, we're not perfect. She's close, but we're not perfect. But this is what happens in our life with, with kids growing up. And I don't remember which child. It was either Sam or Maddie. And I, I couldn't remember in first service. But Sam. He had a fever and she was just walking the floor. You know how moms do. She was just, I can't get the fever down. I just, Lord, I can't get the fever down. And it just, it just won't go down. It just won't. You know, and, and she's believing now. Here's part of the issue. We, we didn't know as much as we know now, so we're able to use the kingdom more. Sometimes don't we 
We, we tell God about our mountain instead of our mountain about our God. You ever done that? And it's not that we're praying that's a good prayer. Sounds very spiritual. Oh, God, I need you. Why don't we speak because we have authority to the very direct thing? I don't have to. He's already given me authority to do that. Are you with me? So anyway, we have not only that going on, but she got a phone call. And she's, you know, how's it going? Oh, you know, Sam's got a fever. Da, 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 da. And it's going up. And the person on the other line said, well, you know, fevers have a tendency just to go up at night. And she goes, yeah, and then kept going. And so then when they were done with the conversation, she's saying, God, I, what is going on? Why won't this go away? And the Lord spoke to her very clearly and said, you got an agreement with that word. And she said, what word? Fevers go up at night. And it just, it just clicked on her. So immediately, she broke that word. Now think about this. What I'm, I'm trying to tell you something. You cannot combine combat thoughts with thoughts you you do it with words remember just in that simple exercise one two three four brett oh i had to listen so she said father i break that word in jesus name i speak to that fever and i command it to line up with the word of god i command his body to react the way you've designed it and you know the fever went down right away it's an amazing thing when we understand what cares we carry and we don't have to matter of fact you don't really have any and I'm guilty of that myself. What if the enemy comes in? You need to just tell him, you're not putting that on me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Brett, it's going to take me. Do you know how many times I have to fight that? Fight it. Because the more you fight it, the less times it will come. In the beginning, it seems like it never stops. But if you continually, continually batter it with the word of God... And the more you do, you, faith comes by hearing, come on, and hearing by the word of God. The more you hear, you're going to have more faith. And then it just, it just happens. Greater your faith, your faith will begin to grow. Things will happen quicker. If you study Ephesians 6, you can see how each piece of armor can help in, in every area. Find scriptures, the sword of the spirit that cover your situation. Write them down. Put them on the dash of your car. Put them on your mirror when you're getting ready, brushing your teeth or shaving, whatever it is. But if you're, having, you're fighting something, then go to war. Put that thing up there. And every time that thought comes, you know when it comes, then put something right there. As soon as it comes, you can read it out loud and say it out loud. The word of God is a weapon, and it will drive that fear out. Have a game plan in advance. You know when you get attacked most? So make the game plan. Here's our last thought for this morning. Find a friend. Faith buddy, if you want to call him that. But 1 Thessalonians 5.11, encourage each other, build each other up just as you are already doing. Find somebody that will be your accountability partner. If you're married, it's probably going to be your spouse. <laughs> Kim is very good at that for me. Because, I, you know, sometimes I, I don't put... Well, I'm going to not say that I don't. In the past, I haven't put as much thought in what I say, and, and thus I'm entertainment, which is okay in ways, but in other times, uh, you know, it's where later she'll say, you know when you said that? And I'll be like, I know, but that's not what I meant. I know that's not what you meant, but this is what you said. So then we'll break that, and we'll go the other way with that, and because you know what? Because I don't want to care about that. Because the enemy will remind you of things, and you have to tell him what to do. No, I'm, I'm not taking that. I gave that to the Lord. Be quiet. 
So find an accountability partner. And this is the thing. Because that person's going to call you to a higher level. And you can be theirs. But this, how many like getting corrected? Yeah. There's nobody raising their hand. Oh, yes, please. You know, my mom spanked me. I, a little to the left. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> mom, that tickles. No. She was witty. She gave us when we were kids, you know, those paddles with the rubber ball and the elastic string. There's a reason. As soon as that rubber ball broke off, what happened? The ball broke off. Oh, here, let me have that. She'd get me distracted on something else. Next time I needed a whipping, I'm looking at Old Faithful coming down the pike right there. And she, was, she found that and used it. It's, it's okay to be corrected. We need that. And sometimes I've given my wife a hard time because I'll get corrected. And I correct her too. But I mean, you know, she's just trying to tell me something because... She's trying to guard. And, and how many knows that we don't always like to hear that? But you need somebody like that. You need somebody that is going to love you enough to help you. Sometimes she'll say, well, do you want me to tell you? Do you want somebody else? How, have, you ever, have you ever talked to someone or seen some, and, and they've got like a big piece of food or something on their tooth or something? Now, if that was Kim, she'd turn around and just squeeze my hand and whisper in my ear, you got something on your tooth. And then I, I would, you know, say something and turn around and, you know, try to get it off or whatever. That seems kind of silly, but she, because the whole time if you're looking at them and nobody says anything, you know, just if you were like me, you'd be just like staring. What the heck is that on there, too? Was that from yesterday or last week? I'm not sure. But she's, you know, she's just being accountable. She's helping me. So we need somebody. We need a faith friend. We need somebody that's going to help us be accountable, that will help us stand up for the word of God, to fight the right and the good fight of faith. There's a big difference between Boy Scouts and boot camp. You train how you fight, and you fight how you train. If church isn't serious to you, then when serious stuff happens, you won't know how to fight seriously. If God is not first place in your life, he won't be first place when tragedy happens. You'll try to make him first place, but you have no track record. You got to understand when uh, the Buckeyes win, they didn't just win the day they played, they won on the practice field. So they were working to get to that game day. The enemy is coming at you for game day. Are you ready? You need to be able to cast your care on the Lord. It is a fight you don't even have to fight. You got to prepare. Life is full of opportunities to worry. But you don't have to take them. You don't have to accept the package. Unauthorized pressure system from the enemy. UPS, you can return to sender. No matter what you're dealing with, whether it's physical, financial, relationship, whatever, God is bigger than that. And Kim and I are finding out we need him more and more. Life is full of seasons, isn't it? When you were little, you, you, know, you got to go to kindergarten. And then kindergarten, you, you were in elementary school. You were the first kid. And then fifth grade, you, you know, fifth graders rule. And then you went to back in that day when I was in school, you went to middle school, six, seven, and eight. 
and now you're on the low totem pole again, and then you couldn't wait to be an eighth grader. Then we had, all of us were together at the freshman building. How many remember the freshman building? Oh, hallelujah. Then it was Harding, then, or whatever high school you went, River Valley, Elgin, Ridgedale. Did I miss one? Close. And if you go to Mount Gilead, whatever that is, um, I don't know. But anyway, whatever high school, then you're on low end again. Life is full of seasons. When you're married, you know, and it's just you guys, it's just, man, we're living on love. Then the baby comes along. Mal and Justin can tell you, life changes. <clears throat> then there's all these things to take, you know, the car seat, the diaper bag. We don't have any more diapers? What do you mean? More wipes? Wipes? Where's the pacifier? And then the baby could be sleeping the whole time. First time we went out to eat when we, when we had Mallory, the very first time, I want to say it was a red lobster, we sat down and we were both starving because you don't like to admit it, but baby runs your life. We sat down and as soon as we sat down, and then everybody around your table is like, can you not shut that kid up? And we're like, I so what are we doing? She's, she's standing there trying to hold her. I'm taking the food. And then your turn. And then hand me the baby. And she's. And we're like, we get to the car and we're like, I don't know if we're going to do this again. Life is just seasons. And we had all of our kids and we watched them grow up and we, we bandaged their boo-boos. I taught them how to ride bikes and she taught them how to read and how to do math and all of those things. They were homeschooled. I mean, we had all of these things in their life. We watched them graduate, watched some of them go to college and watched them graduate from there. And we we're just so honored and blessed. And then they get married. And I did the ceremony and then watched them leave the house. Then you go to your room and you look at the room and you're like, And the things before were like, oh, why don't they make their bed? You'd almost love to see their bed unmade again. Because then you're in another season. And now you have grandkids. And we're like, this is awesome. Take your kid back. No. We just, I mean, we're able to spend time with our grandchildren. And there's more grandchildren coming. Now, in all of those seasons, there's every opportunity for the enemy to make you worry. Don't do it. God wants you to live a life full. It's the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus wants to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. So no matter what, cast the care on him. Don't take it back. Let God handle it. And again, I'm talking to myself. I got some things I've cast, and part of me is just wanting to take it back. But I got to let him deal with it. Because if he's working, I can rest. And if I work, then he rests and I can't get the job done. Bow your heads, close your eyes.